What is up? Welcome to the 34th episode of the Art of You podcast. This is your host, Demi Grants. Today on the podcast, we have Brendan DeStefano. Brendan is a singer and songwriter and producer in the band Navigate the Sky based in Toronto. In this episode, we learn about Brendan's journey with music, his new solo project, Quiet Love, the story of how his band Navigate the Sky formed, and much more into the inside of Brendan's mindset. I hope you enjoy this episode. Brendan, uh, thanks for joining the show, man. I appreciate you making time to uh, come on the RDU podcast. Oh, man, it's a pleasure to be here. Thanks so much for having me. Um, uh, this is my second or third podcast ever. So, hell yeah. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Brendan and I have known each other, um, kind of known each other. We've been acquaintances over the internet. Um, I remixed one of his songs, Defensive, and his band, Navigate the Sky, but this is the first Killed time we're talking. Uh, thanks. This is uh, the first time that we're talking face to face. So it's really cool to chat with someone that I really admire who they are as an artist and their music. So this is a really cool opportunity for me and uh, everyone listening. Brandon, I wanted to kind of kick things off. Like, when did music become a big part of your life? Um, I think I was fortunate, like enough early on. It, it, I don't know. There was something about it that just clicked with me. Um, when I was a kid, probably three or four, uh, my brother, my older brother was playing drums and he had a drum kit at the house all the time. And I think like I would bang pots and pans and like try to naturally do what he was doing, I guess. So it, it just kind of clicked. And then growing up, you know, like friends would, would get guitars and like, that's kind of how it, it snowballed. I had a friend that, that got a guitar that I looked up to and, uh, rest was history from there so pretty early on man so uh it sounds like it just kind of naturally happened like you almost had no choice in the matter you're just like yeah music's gonna be a part of who I am and what I do yeah and that's why I say I'm like fortunate enough because I know growing up like a lot of people sometimes still don't have that passion for anything or they haven't found it yet so they haven't found it yet so like I I'd say I'm pretty fortunate in that in that sense but yeah it was really early on man lucky enough did was there a was there a specific turning point where you can think of where you thought like okay this is really fun and it was a hobby um you know maybe a nice way that you like to express yourself but you're like okay I really want to like make my own music and kind of put it out there um yeah in like middle school I would uh I would do these like instrumental demos I guess you would call them and like I, I don't know. I, I started packaging them. Like I would get, I don't know if you remember, you could, you could buy like discs, like CDRs, like blank discs. Yeah. Yeah. And I would just like burn them and like sell them to people at school for five bucks. No like way. The people you see. <laughs> yeah. Like the people you see in Hollywood, like, yo, my mixtape. Um, <laughs> and like that kind of reassurance made me realize I was like, Oh, this could be something, you know what I mean? It could be more than just that. Uh, me alone in a bedroom like making weird music you know and like 
it wasn't good at the time, but I had friends that bought it that, you know, supported me at the time. And that kind of reassurance is really important. Um, I think growing up, especially being a musician or anything artsy, like to be like, Oh, here's a painting I made. Um, and then someone to be like, yo, that's awesome. Like, can I steal it and put it up in my room or whatever? Like that kind of reassurance, man. I think that really helped. Yeah. hundred percent. Like here we are talking in April, 2021. When was that oh. roughly timeline? What year was that, that you started doing that, Brendan? Um, I'm going to say like 2014, 2013. Okay. Maybe earlier. So, so this has been a a long work in progress that your whole music career, like your journey as a musician and just as a creator, it's not like a, just a last couple of years type of thing. No, no. Um, yeah, it's been like a good 10 years and like trying to actually be professional, um, for sure it's, it's a long haul, this, this kind of industry. It's, it's funny how things happen, but a lot of these overnight successes are like, you know, 12 years in the making 13 years, like that people don't even realize, you know, um, how long it takes. <laughs> Something that I am just like super curious about myself as someone who really creates and makes music completely by themselves for you, Brendan, like, what is it like creating or writing music um, by yourself versus when you have other people in the room with you? Um, it's, this is an interesting question because I don't know, there's something to be said about both. Um, I think when I'm alone, things just happen naturally. Um, and like, sometimes it's hard to be like, Oh, this is good. This is good. Cause there's no, no one to bounce off, but you know, then that's why you send them to friends afterwards or whatever. But Um, when there is people in the room it's a different vibe just because they're in the room Um, and they're going ah maybe try this or maybe try that and you do things that you wouldn't normally do um, which can be good or bad uh, but usually it's a good thing because it's a step outside of your comfort zone and I think that's like important for growth as a person and an artist right totally I don't know. There, there's something that for me personally, if someone else is in the room when I'm working it, like it, it is a whole different vibe. Even if you're not talking to them, if they're just sitting next to you and you're working yeah. on a laptop or whatever, there's a different energy there. Um, yeah. So I, I think it's really powerful how much of an impact other people or other music can have on us as we like create music who have been some of um, your biggest influences growing up or, you know, currently right now as you listen to music when you you know hear this band or this singer you're like damn like that is really special that makes me feel something and I'm sure that yeah you could say that about dozens of artists but any anyone that comes hundreds now Uh, I'll do both um because you and I are kind of similar in the growing up phase uh I think we were both in into like pop punk um, yeah like all time low still um, (laughs) even earlier yeah still still am it's not a phase. Um, it's a lifestyle. <laughs> it's a lifestyle, man. Um, Simple plan, Canadian. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're also like a big, big influence on me. Um, that was kind of like the growing up phase. And right now I'm like super into, uh, there's a dude, John Bellion. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you know him. Um, a lot of like R&B stuff I'm getting into. The Silk Sonic stuff from uh, Bruno Mars is killing it right now. Um, I just kind of find a lot of inspiration in, in a ton of different things. Um, podcasts, 
um, anything creative. I don't know. Even even painters. Uh, there's a dude, uh, David Cho, that was on um, Joe Rogan's podcast that I, I watched recently. Um, just incredible to see like creatives, how how similar we are. Um, even if I don't paint or whatever, like it's the same concept. Like, ah, oh, this this painting was shit. And it's like the, the nicest painting ever, <laughs> you know, yeah. to you or whatever. And it's the same thing with like songs and stuff. Like, I think a lot of good songwriters that I know, like you talk to them and be like, yo, this song was dope. And it'll be like, yeah, could have been better. I could have switched up the chorus. And, you know, it's like, no, it's never me. ending. hundred <laughs> um, percent. I couldn't agree more. That is interesting about how similar artists and creatives are. I'm super curious is there a certain time of day or there certain things that you do before a session or to get into a creative mode or is that random or do you like to work in the morning, late at night? Like, I'm kind of curious about when is Brendan Stefano like on prime creative time or is, is there a creative time for you? Right. Right. Um, yeah, that's a good question, man. Um, yes and no, because like sometimes it just happens and you got to kind of, you, you just feel a feeling that you just kind of want to like, ah, I feel like making music right now, like right the second. So that, that does still happen all, all, um, all the time. But I've found that if I want to be consistent and um, make it a job, uh, you kind of have to nine to five it in a way. Like you have to, like a lot of uh, the producers I looked up to, um, I noticed they were they treated it like a job, like, okay, nine to five, we're going to give it a few hours, get something out, see if it works. If it doesn't work, we got something out, you know? And, and I think that's how you find your groove in, in a sense. So I try to like, try to make something, you know, every morning or every afternoon type thing. Um, even if it's not good, yeah. it's something, it's something uh, that you can listen back. Cause sometimes you'll hate it in the moment and, and then listen back and it's like, oh, maybe that could be something, you know? 100%. Um, so yeah, just kind of staying consistent whatever time, even if, you know, you're working full time and you have to do it at night. The nighttime I've, I've always liked because I'm a night owl, but I find it's tough if you live with other people or, you know, just in general, people don't want to hear la da 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 like, at like two in the two in the morning you know <laughs> no, for gets, sure. so you hit on a subject that i think is super super fascinating and for anyone that makes music or has never made music before i think it's a super interesting concept you talked about like in the moment you're not sure if it's good but maybe the next day or the next week you're like man this is kind of legit like maybe yeah you go to a friend or someone in the band you're like hey what do you think about this um how often does that happen where in the moment you are kind of like have this constant feeling of huge self-criticism and then maybe later on you're like damn this is actually really cool like something that we can really materialize and make something special with has that happened yeah. oh yeah tons of times and I, I think that's like a big part of why I, I love working with navigate the sky and even just different people like different artists and uh, songwriters because you get that like feedback that you wouldn't necessarily tell yourself and like you know Shane and Josh sometimes they'll 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 pick out a song like a demo and be like oh we should we should work on this one and it's like really that one yeah. you know but it's 
it's worked in the past. Like, um, like we almost didn't release, uh, is it just me or even the last one, like something different. And those were, you know, our, our best performed songs, um, at least on Spotify or whatever. Um, and the, and the most feedback we've got. So it's, it's weird as an artist, cause you'll be like, this is the song. This is it. Like, no. And it's not that one ever. <laughs> totally. Usually so, people well, decide I, on their own. You know, I want to talk about individual songs. I love something different. I even like messaged you about it. I shared it on social media when you guys. Yeah. Uh, thanks. That. Um, and you talked about simple plan. You talked about navigate the sky, Dosh and Shane. I do hear subtle subtleness, like subtleties of simple plan in your music. I love oh, really? it a little bit, um, but not, it, it, you guys have your own unique sound. And like when I would go on Spotify looking for artists to remix or collaborate, you guys really stuck out to me of like this own unique sound. You have so much emo- natural emotion in your voice. I was like, damn, I really, it really drew me in. How That's did, cool, man. Yeah. How did Navigate the Sky come about? How'd you guys meet? And uh, kind of share that story of the early maturation of Navigate the Sky a little bit. Well, uh, I was doing solo stuff way before Navigate Sky um, in, into like, like I was saying, like middle school and high school. Then after that, I kind of wanted to work with other people and kind of be collaborative a little bit more. And um, Josh, I had been working with in my solo stuff. He was playing drums for, for live stuff, like a live session. And um, so I contacted him and, you know, he was looking to be a part of a band and things kind of fizzled out. And, uh, Anyways, we, we went through a few different drummers that were like right off the bat. Nope. Um, oh, wait. <laughs> that just didn't work. Yeah. Like, no, you know, I... with the, the chemistry. Um, <laughs> uh, sorry, Logan, if you're watching this. Um, <laughs> no, but um, so, so it took a few tries to get the right chemistry. And then Shane came in. We had like five members at a, at a, at a certain point, like in our early stages. Uh, we were like a full band um and then um shane shane came in with uh steve and um john who was our bassist and then uh those those two guys left and we kind of were left with us three and it it just kind of like like again everything has been natural in my life that it's just been the natural course of things even with this new quiet love thing uh, i think you know with the the COVID stuff and just even having these songs on my hard drive burning a hole. I was just like, Hey, you know, I've always kind of been doing this solo stuff. Like we might as well just do both, you know, what's, what's the harm. <laughs> um, if people like the solo stuff, they're going to listen to navigate the sky. If they like navigate the sky, they're, they're going to listen to the solo stuff. You know, it's, and I think it only helps um, both of us, but so how I met those guys was very natural. And um, even when the other two guys left, it was very natural for us three to be like, let's take this on and like roll with it, you know? You brought up a really important point that I feel like for anybody like that wants to start a new creative project, whether it's a band or any sort of creative content, maybe people in your team or your band or your group, it changes, and that's okay. Like there's, there's no reason totally. to panic. It, it's always kind of, an ebb and flow of different energy and you're figuring it out along the way. And like, I think as a musician, you're always figuring it out. It's never like, Oh, I figured yeah. it out and I'm good. 
so I, I just, I want to point that out. Like, I think that's cool. You shared that navigate the sky kind of, kind of took some different, um, there were different people that were involved before you kind oh, of yeah. core group of guys that you really mesh with. What do you get most excited about um, when it comes to music in general? What do you just get most excited about? I get most excited about the feeling that I get when I create something um, new and exciting. And um, with that, I think I egomaniac uh, like the response too, even if it's bad, like, it's like a response that like, I don't know, it's hard to get with other things. Um, I don't know, like, you don't really get that if you're not in a creative field, you don't have that like, vulnerability of being like, yo, I made this. What do you think of it? <laughs> yeah. Um, and I think a lot of people don't like that, right? They don't, they're uncomfortable with that feeling. And I am too, obviously, like, you know, it's scary. I'm thinking about my release in a couple of weeks already. And, you know, I like the songs enough to think they're good enough to put out, but never know, right? Until you get the response back. So I think that's what I like the most other than performing. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's the feeling you get. There's nothing better than release day. <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah, it's uh, people texting you, people, yo, this is dope, you know, reacting. And it's a reassurance thing too, because you built the shit up in your head for like a month, two months, sometimes longer. Like, um, and then once people go, oh, it's, it's good. And you go, oh, thank God, <laughs> you know? The, or the, you get oh it's not great so then you go oh well i'm gonna work harder or whatever you know i wish more people would tell me that it's not great i feel like whenever i share music it's like either like oh it's good i like it or it's like yo yeah. this is sick. i rarely ever get this like i wish more people would be awesome like hey dude i think you can make something better <laughs> to be honest yeah you know who who is the most honest you're like super close buddies like yeah they might not be like yo this is shit or whatever They'll, you'll get just a, a, like a vibe that's like ah, eh, it's all right you know and and they'll kind of put you in check you know um but you're right like a lot of people aren't honest which is kind of weird but i honestly i value um the opinions of uh non-musicians just as much as regular or uh, as musicians or other djs and producers and Me too you mentioned the response. I want to ask about um, infatuation. When you guys finished that song and before it came out and before it got all the streams, did you guys have an idea that this was a really good song or did you kind of, after that response, kind of realize that it was really good? After. Yeah. We uh, like, I remember like we were, we were at a band practice and we were playing it and I was like, dude, this, this should be a single. They all ended up being singles, but like, um, yeah, we, it was after really, like it just kind of took off in a way that we didn't realize. And that was our fourth song in like, just cause we wanted to like, it was an EP, like six song EP, but we wanted to like, cause we were a new, new band. We're still a new band, but like we were a super fresh band at the time. So we wanted to kind of feed the Spotify thing. So, you know, we just released, every song as a single every month type thing and um the fourth one in which was infatuation was the one that that did the best on that album and um yeah it was definitely after we never would have saw that <laughs> i um i love the song like 
something that did you, I guess what I'm saying is like, after you finished it, you, maybe you, maybe you sent that to some close friends or you sent it to family members. Was there more of a response to that song before release than, the, than your others? I don't this think is something so, that man. I'm kind of like chewing on myself with my own music. Like I'm genuinely curious about that. I, I have to, honestly, I have to get better at like sending people my like stuff beforehand because <laughs> yeah. I don't do a lot of that. Like I don't like I'll show buddies or whatever in like pass me the Oxford type thing. You know what I mean? Sure. But I won't like just send it around willy nilly. It's frightening, <laughs> especially oh. because if it's out, then it's out. You know what I mean? Like I can't do anything about it. I can take it down from stores and stuff, but that's when I, I'll show people kind of, um, I have a few core buddies I'll show, but yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't show a lot of people beforehand. Yeah. I only show, um, my manager, Dave, my parents. That's a good, right. Yeah. And maybe like three to five people. I think that maybe we should be sending uh, each other our music for some feedback. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> dude. Um, I, I'd love to, I'd love, I'm going to send, I can't believe I haven't sent you a single already. I'll send you that after we do this. Absolutely. Yeah. I'd love to hear it. Um, I, out of pure curiosity, do you remember, or I'm sure you remember, everyone remembers, but what is infatuation about, or like, who is that song about? Or is that too, if it's too personal, we don't have to <laughs> close all detail. Um, it's, it's like, it wasn't really about a specific person. Uh, I don't, I don't think sometimes I, I just dis- disassociate from my lyrics and just like, mm-hmm right um but it was kind of about like I wanted to write about the the feeling of like you know when you meet someone new and it just clicks I don't know and and you kind of have that weird back and forth like do I like them or is it just like infatuation or is it just uh, attraction or whatever you know it do we really click or not um and I thought that's like an interesting concept that a lot of people go, go through, like just with meeting even new people, not even necessarily like a relationship. Yeah. Um, you kind of go, Oh, he was a good guy. Like, but then sometimes they turn out to be like, who knows, you know? <laughs> um, yeah. So it was kind of about that concept of just infatuation. Really? Is this love or infatuation? You know, there, cause I came across navigate the sky right at a time where I was literally going through that type of, thing in my head like was I really into this person or was it this right up thing in my head and it's there's not much actual substance to a possible relationship yeah. there so I had to ask just out of curiosity um no you're a bang on man <laughs> okay um, it's definitely happened to me a lot um so like yeah so it could be about several different people <laughs> um especially yeah. at that time um but I feel you what is like I personally can't, I'm not sure if I can think of any off the cut, like to give an example for me. Um, I think I can think of one, but is there a most annoying question that you get asked as a creator, <laughs> just like so, as a creator by totally. anybody? Can you think of one? You're like, you're killing it. I wish <laughs> I could do more of these. You know what I mean? Like the, there's just these standard and every artist knows this. There's like these standard, like, so how did your band come to be? okay so and it's like very like i don't know surface level yeah like i and those those kind of questions they don't bother me per se like they're not annoying especially if i'm a 
because I am a new artist. Most people don't know me. (laughs) So you're going to want to hear, hear that. But I know like I've seen like a lot of established bands and, you know, they, they get particular with who they do interviews with because of those type of questions. Like, you know, so how, how, you know, how is your day going? I don't know. Like very surface level. If you're going to like have an artist in and you, you should dive right into that mind. Like, um, have you seen hot ones? No. On, uh, like the, like the wing channel on YouTube. You've never seen that. Oh my God. I love wings. So they like, (laughs) yeah. So it'll be like, like what we're doing, but we'll both have wings and, um, each wing has a hotter, um, hot sauce. So like the last one is like super hot and like, that kind of interviews like super out of the norm and and you, you'll see a shit ton of like huge celebrities because of that because it's different and uh the interviewer sean i think his name is like he asks he'll like ask he'll be like so in in uh high school you did this like he'll dive like really deep and like people are like how do you know that you know yeah. <laughs> um i don't know i just like interesting questions i think the surface level stuff is the is the most pest pet peeve for me yeah absolutely i i had to ask some surface level stuff on on this podcast because it's like all about journey and the whole development and i want to tra- have to yeah you have to i, I, I want to transition a little bit from uh creating and um you know making and producing the music to performing live how for you brendan has performing your own music live given it new life and new meaning to you after seeing you know people watching you perform live as opposed to before um like before i i had ever performed yeah maybe maybe um you know some not navigate the sky songs where you know you guys have recorded in the studio the song was out there but you hadn't performed it live in front of right. yet versus afterwards right. like how has performing your music live for some pretty big events and at legit venues like how has that given your own music like new life or has that had an effect on you? Well, I think like as you, as you know, as a DJ, like you kind of find out um, what works with the crowd and what doesn't uh, when you're playing live, especially like even songs that like do well, like for instance, like Infatuation Live has always, it's, it's our opener usually because it's always done well, which awesome. is funny because it's done well on um, Spotify and just in general, like, um, so it's funny how that translates, but sometimes doesn't like, sometimes you'll have a song that's not really popular or even not unreleased and people like really gravitate towards it. But I think like, it's cool, like performing, especially new songs, it's cool to see it unfold because you get like the actual real time um, interactions and like the feedback almost right away from people. like you know they'll be like oh this is dope or some people aren't even like you know they're texting or whatever so you get that vibe too so you know what works with your set and what doesn't like just as a dj i'm sure you've had those moments where you're like this song is gonna make this place light up (laughs) and then it doesn't you know it's it's a weird thing but yeah it's nice i I find it really interesting that you start off with infatuation uh because Dude, I spend, let, let's say I spend um, four hours, that, just a, throw out a random time frame to prepare for a particular show. Brendan, yeah. I, will, I will spend two hours 
working on an intro or deciding what the first song is. So for you, do you think the first song is more important than the last song or what's the psychology for you of that infatuation being a first song versus the last song? Because I feel like those are just special moments that you want to start off well, but you want to finish strong too. What are your thoughts on that? It's, that's a good question. It's, those are the most important songs, as you know, like, because, you know, people remember the first song um, because, you know, you're getting on stage and it's like, who is this guy? Oh, whoa, they're dope. Yeah. Um, So that, that's really important. But a lot of people remember the last song, right? Because obviously it's the freshest in the brain um so they're both really important so that's always a tough thing for us too like um should it be last or should it be first like um yeah i don't know which is more important i would say the last song to be honest yeah because i've had moments where like i don't know you fuck up the first song or whatever like it doesn't i don't know you you mess up something and like people have forgotten it by the last song. And like, if you kill that last song, most people are like, oh, this is great. Like, there's not a lot of people that like, when you're after your set or whatever, they're not like, not a lot of people at least, they, they don't go like, yo, your first song, dope. <laughs> you know, it's always like, it's always like, oh, that third one in or like the, the second one or like, you know, there's always a specific one, but it's never like, I don't know, the first one. <laughs> totally. Um, I think, I think also too, from a crowd's perspective, you know, if they don't know you or if they haven't seen your show before, whether you're a band, a solo singer or a DJ, they're kind of like just figuring it out and getting in their own flow to get comfortable to really enjoy what you're doing. I think there's an element of that too. They're kind of just figuring you out. Yeah. Yeah, totally. That's why the, the, the first song is important, right? Because it's like, who is this guy? Yeah. Especially if you mess up the first one, people get skeptical and then you know you kind of have to redeem yourself in the set as you know like as artists when you're performing if you mess up i i know like you can either get in your head or like try and kill it to like i don't know offset whatever you think went wrong (laughs) totally um well yeah nine out of ten times no one even noticed maybe one person so um, what's going, through, <laughs> what's going through your mind, Brendan, before you, right before you step on stage for the first song? Um, usually I do warm ups and stuff for my vocals and, um, just to kind of, I I'll, I'll move around and kind of, you know, warm up my body. Um, just as, as if like I was getting ready to run, um, which is kind of funny. Like I've kind of taken up running, um, in the last I don't know, pandemic, I guess. <laughs> yeah. And like, it's cardio. The whole, the whole set is cardio for a singer, at least. Um, Cause you have to, you know, breathe, you're breathing and you, you have to be a showman. Right. So you're kind of like always moving around and it's it takes a lot out of you. <laughs> totally. Um, so yeah, I like try to like prepare as if I'm like going to do like a workout or whatever, you know what I mean? Um, that, but I'm not like as like I don't know. A lot of people are very I don't know strict with their I don't know what's the word ritual. Like they'll light a candle or that type of shit. Like I I have like a ritual or whatever, but not nothing too crazy. Do you go into another state of consciousness while you're on stage? Yes. Yeah. Like. <laughs> 
sometimes you go on stage and you like i'll come off and i'll be like what happened like it's like you blacked out definitely it's weird it's a weird like but that's like the best part <laughs> um because it's so surreal right like especially with a big performance right with like a lot of people that's like it's insane it's it's been a while for us like it's been a year now yeah. since we felt that but i know when when it comes back and when everything's you know back to normal uh, so to speak i think it's it's going to be like unlike ever before um because we're going to be so like <laughs> we're not used to like oh yeah like concert yeah yeah i'll catch the next one um totally can't tell you how many times i've heard that one oh like no i can't make this but i'll, I'll make the next one <laughs> um but i think a lot of people are going to be like stoked to go to shows you know? my my favorite is i'll try and make it if someone says i'll try and make it yeah. then i'm in <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah i'll try and make it what does that mean yeah well <laughs> I'll go to the event page <laughs> the, um yeah the pandemic has definitely i feel like been a good opportunity for a lot of people if they use it in the right way and it sounds like you've really gone into had time to kind of dig into some other creative routes while in the pandemic. And I think it's a great time yeah. to bring up your project, quiet love. What is quiet love? What is that about? And what can people expect from that quiet love project, that project and the music that on quiet love? I think, um, I think what you can expect is just a little bit deeper into who I am and a little bit uh, more personal. Um, not, not to say that navigate the sky isn't, but, I think from some of the songs that are going to come out, they're more recent um, in that they were recorded during the pandemic. And, you know, during that time, I've kind of had a lot of self-reflection uh, time. And yeah. like, I think that's translated with my music. And that's kind of what Quiet Love is. It's just kind of this persona that I, I kind of wanted to create to have like an outlet. Um, some of the songs that don't work with navigate the sky and just for songs that i feel personally you know um sometimes like i was saying josh and shane will will kind of we have different ideas of what the song should be or what what's going to be um navigate the sky or whatever and that's what makes navigate the sky so i wouldn't want to fuck with that you know um so i think that's why quiet love is a thing um just to kind of have like an outlet, you know? Absolutely. What, tell us about the new song. So the new song, um, it's out right now. If you're watching this, go check it out. Um, it's called The Dream. And it's kind of about um, fictitious, well, I wouldn't say fictitious, but just about um, what people say. I'm sure you've heard that, that quote, living the dream. Um, and I think a lot of people say it in passing, like as a joke, right? Like, oh, I live in the dream, yeah. you know, like, and I, I kind of wanted to write about that. And it's kind of just about like this whole path that I've taken 12 years later. And, um, you know, I, I, I have a, a couple quotes that I, I love, like trust the process. Um, but um, one of the lyrics is I don't want to lose myself in, in the process, um, which sometimes I feel happens from time to time with creatives i don't know i i sometimes forget 
I get so caught up in, in the moment or whatever, or in whatever I'm creating that I'm like, you know, is this good? Is this where I even set out to be, you know, like, is this why I started and you forget why you started, you know, but um, yeah. So it's kind of touching on that. Um, but it's lighthearted in, in uh, like sound. It sounds pretty like, Oh, like the dream, am I going to make it? But it's actually, in my mind, it's a, it's a positive um, outlook. It's kind of like a realist. I don't know. And where, and where can people listen to the, to it? Uh, so if you go to fanlink.to uh, slash the dream, you can go to it, or you can just go to I am quiet love on all the socials and um, you'll find it in the, in the link. I'll send you a link as well. Perfect. Um, yeah. yeah. I'll include a link uh, in the, in the um, show description. Th- this is kind of, while you're talking about the dream and while you're talking about quiet love, it sounds like this is like a really introspective project. So it kind of leads me into this question I want to ask is what do people like most often get wrong about you or assume wrongly about you? Cause it sounds like this project might've been an inspiration that came from maybe some mis- misinterpretation or maybe some, a, a different side of you you want to show. It's a good question. I never thought about it, but I think like, um, I should say, like, I, I produced these songs myself. Um, so I think that was kind of also an ulterior thing. Like, I, I've produced in uh, Navigate the Sky, but it, like I said, it's us three. Like, I would never say it was me um, solely. So I think I wanted something to, to be like, this This is what I can do, um, and this is me. Um, this is what I can do as far as, like, production, too as well because I kind of want to get my foot in the door in that sense too and be seen as a producer as well because it's been a big part of my life for 12 years it's always been a part of my music process like I, I started on guitar um, but that led into um, audacity which is a, a DAW it's a free DAW if you've yeah. never if you've never done any recording go go check out uh, audacity it's a it's free It'll get you your foot in the door. But um, so it's always been a part of my songwriting, um, recording. So I kind of wanted to touch a bit that on, on that a little bit more because I, with the band, it's, it's a bit harder. Like, because we produce together, but, and that's self-produced. But it's hard to be like, yo, this is my song. Check this out. Um, when it's three, three other people, you know? So I think I kind of want to just... So what I could do as well. It's a different place of vulnerability when it, when it's complete ownership for obvious. Yes, totally. And it wasn't, and it's not like, um, entirely premeditated, you know, mm-hmm. it's just something that, uh, that happened. And, um, I don't know, like just the production side, like it's just something that's happened in the pandemic that I've kind of leaned in super hard. Like I've been trying to learn, a lot more production production techniques and um yeah i don't know that's been the one good thing that's come out of all this thing <laughs> it's, I, I really, uh, covid19 i see a parallel between you starting quiet love and me starting this podcast it, it wasn't like a instead of rose drive and touring and producing dance music it was a in, in addition to it was just a 
another itch that I totally. wanted to scratch and like another way I wanted to learn from people and express myself. Uh, it's not instead of it's, it's just an addition to just like quiet love is for you. What do you I want? Love that. Yeah. What, what do you want people um, to think of when they listen to your music, when they think of you or they think of your music, what do you want them to think of? Um, I don't know if I want them to think of anything really. I, I want them to, to uh, feel the way I, I do when I listen to other bands and artists. Mm. I don't know, to feel like it was written for you, you know, that type of yeah. sentiment. I've always liked that. Like, like, oh, this song, like, like you said about infatuation, like you were going through that moment in time and it was like, it lined up perfectly. I love that. Like, that's what I would want anyone to think about my sons. Um, definitely. Just to have a relationship with it almost. You know, that's such a great answer. Um, something that something I um, I want your opinion on and maybe, um, you know, when it comes to remixes, like I've reached out to a lot of people um, to do remixes. Some people are really cool about it. Some people are super against it. And you really? guys were super cool. Yes. You guys were super cool about it. Um, I mean, for example, Brendan, I've had I've made a remix and, you know, fully mastered and everything where the label of the artist thought it was cool. The manager was, thought it was cool. And then the artist said, no, like, we're not going to release it. I don't like it. So I, I'm, wow. I'm curious from your perspective, like, why were you guys so cool about me coming and, re, you know, remixing music that you guys created yourselves and allow me to kind of express myself on top of that? And why do you think, or maybe you don't have an opinion on this because you haven't thought about it before, but why do you think someone would be, you know, super against remixes in general of their music. Cause I, I, that's something I'm trying to like understand and learn about myself. Yeah. I don't, that's, that's why I was like, really? Someone yeah. was like, um, <laughs> I think, I think like, like you were saying, like maybe it could be a label thing. It could be um, sometimes produ producers don't want other people using their stems for whatever reason. I've heard um, some producers don't like, you know, so-and-so to mess around with their stems and then release it and go, Hey, this is my production or whatever. Um, so, you know, it's kind of an ego thing in my opinion, but um, I think we were super down because it was like, Oh, someone's showing interest in our music that I heard. Um, I checked out your other stuff and I really liked what you were doing. So it just kind of seemed like a no brainer. You know what I mean? And I think a lot of other people think, that especially like new upcoming artists you know to have someone that's like hey i'm i'm a dj can i remix your song first of all it's good for marketing and it's good for um, oh. content if it's good of course but you know what i mean like it's good for just in general like if someone was like hey can i cover your song you're gonna say no you know what i mean like I don't know. I, I kind of look at remixes kind of similar to like a cover because it's it's your interpretation of my song or whatever. You know what I mean? 100%. Yeah. Um, that goes to yeah. my next question that I'm curious about because I, I was planning on asking you anyways after the podcast, but would you ever be open to collaborating or featuring on a EDM or dance music track? Absolutely not. 
No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yes. You came through yes. so strong. I was like, he's definitely yeah. sick. That's you like dropped a nod. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> and that's why I said absolutely too. Cause you go, Oh, like your brain just instantly goes, Oh, absolutely. Yeah. No, no, but yes, I'd love, I've actually been wanting to do that for a little while now. Um, um, I've been seeing some artists. I can't remember his, is his name Lewis the child? Yeah. Does that ring a yeah it's yes. a, the duo yeah so, oh is it yep dude that kind of stuff like there's a dude uh baby jake that I, i've been following that's kind of similar to the quiet love um stuff which is also an inspiration he's um he did something with lewis the child and it's kind of edm but i oh, yeah. i just love that because you get like a taste of that artist but you also get a taste of rose drive or you know it's it's very cool hundred percent. Yeah. Yes. I, so yes. yes. Okay. Yeah. That's why I like remixes um, and remixing, you know, pop punk bands and indie bands. Cause like I grew up on that music too. Like you did, like, that's like really what got me into music and super into it. And like listening to albums over and over and um, totally. <laughs> so uh, what advice would you have for somebody who has written their own music, whether they're a solo artist or a band They've recorded and the song is done, but they haven't released it and put it out to the world. What advice would you have for somebody that hasn't put that new project out there? Um, my initial advice is to be like, just get it out there. But my also, the second part of my brain is like, um, create a marketing plan around that song. Um, if you really, really believe in it um, and you want it to go out in the world, you should kind of think about what you can do to get it out there. Not just, I don't know. Cause I, I know a lot of artists, just even myself, you know, you just think that by putting it out in the world, it's just going to somehow like catch on, <laughs> yeah. but um, it's really smart to have like a marketing plan around your release, just so it's not like you're, you spent all this money getting it recorded, mastered, mixed, and you know, you don't just waste it on, Hey, you know, and, and that doesn't mean put a lot of money into trying to market it. It just could mean, um, you know, a week before you put out a, a TikTok or something about you explaining the, the depth of the song. You know what I mean? I think that's, that's a really important um, part of releasing music. So that you, would be my first advice. 100%. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm even working on a song right now that's way more chill and down tempo from other stuff I've released, but I'm going to do oh, a cool. club hit. I'm going to do a club mix of that, which is I'm just going to remix my own song, essentially. So, Brandon, this is the um, the Art of You podcast. I'm going to end this podcast with a pretty difficult question. And it can be about music. It can be about you personally, however you want to take it. But if you had to guess what percentage of your full potential do you think you're currently operating at and why? It's a tough one. I want to say 90%. Or 85%. Somewhere, somewhere high. <laughs> um, and I say that just because I think there's always room for growth. Um, even if you're at uh, 100%, I think, you know, you can always go 110. Um, but that's just always been my thinking. And the reason why I think that there's room to grow is, well, because there's, there's really no finite end to anything. I seem to struggle with the idea that um 
we're in a some sort of linear um, growth pattern. Like, I don't know, it's, it's kind of weird being like, oh, I want to do this, I want to do that, I want to do this, I want to do that. Um, when is it enough? Hmm. You know, when, when is that enough? So I think it, it, it can become process addiction, which is kind of, um, you get addicted to just the process. And I kind of want to stray from that, but I always think there's room for growth. And I think that's part of growth. So I don't, I don't know how to answer it completely, but I don't know. Whatever your answer is, there's always going to be room for growth. 100%. Try not to focus too hard on like, I'm not where I'm supposed to be because you are, you know, you're always where you're supposed to be. Uh, I think we all struggle with that. You know? Yeah. It, it's a question that I purposely or end the podcast with just because it's, I think it kind of makes people Easy. think about it later. And, and for yeah. you, it kind of causes you to think introspectively, like, where, where am I right now? Where, where am I at in my life and what can I maybe do better? But totally. Um, Brendan, I, I can't thank you enough for coming on the podcast and making time from your schedule. I'm excited about Quiet Love, The Dream, New Navigate the Sky music. It means the world that you we're, came Yep, on. We're coming out with some new music very, very soon too. Um, stay tuned for that. Sorry to cut you off. No, it's perfect. Cut me off as, as much as you want. It doesn't bother me at all. Where, where's the best place for people to get in touch with you, listen to your music and follow you on your journey on social media? Awesome. So you can check us out, navigatethesky.com, and that'll have all the socials. Navigate the Sky is uh, our social username. And uh, if you want to check out my solo music that just came out yesterday, uh, you can check it out at iamquietlove.com. And um, if you're interested in me, uh, Songs by Brendan, you can find me on uh, socials. And uh, I appreciate you for having me, man. Uh, this has been such an introspective uh, podcast, and I can't wait to do it again. Absolutely. We'll, we'll do something like this again in the future. Um, everyone stay Sweet, tuned dude. for a possible collaboration, maybe from, from us, or maybe we'll get an in-person uh, live podcast with you or you and the band. And I'm looking forward to building this friendship and relationship with you, Brennan. Me too. It was great to meet you uh, virtually. Absolutely. Let's do it uh, in person when we can. Of course. Absolutely. <laughs> well, thanks again. And we'll definitely do something like this again soon. Awesome, man. Thank you. Thank you.